Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Burgundy Network Podcast. As always, I'm Josh Taylor, joined by Brian Murphy. I am proud to tell you that this episode is brought to you by Manscaped. You can start saving 20% off on all your reliable Manscaped products using the code BNP20. We have a jam-packed episode for you all this afternoon, fresh off of roster cuts. And Brian, I got to tell you, how are you feeling with everything that happened? Yeah, uh, not a whole lot of surprises. I mean, other... Then obviously Adrian Peterson, uh, you know, a couple days ago. But other than that, I wasn't too, too, too shocked. Uh, I do want to say sorry about a couple of your Bama boys that didn't make the team. But <laughs> it was a rough um, day. I hope I hope you're doing okay. That might I'm be the not. title. Is Josh okay today? So um, <laughs> other than that, those were a couple of surprises to be honest. But other than that, nothing too crazy. I'm just, you know, 53 man roster means we're getting close to the season. So that's that's good news and. It's almost like a mini holiday today. Oh, yeah. It, it was definitely a rough day for me. I mean, it was like shot after shot at my Bama heart. So I'll be fine. You know, we're, I still got Jonathan Allen, Dron Payne holding down the, the front seven. So, uh, But, you know, we haven't talked about AP, and that was the first thing you brought up. So I just want to get your opinions on that. Um, I, I've said, you know, at first it's kind of, it's such a big move, it shocks you. But then when you think about it, you're like, okay, he didn't really fit the scheme. You know, Ron loves his young guys. But then he also said, you know, I I want vet leadership in the locker room. So what what surprised you, the, the fact that, you know, we cut him because he didn't fit the scheme or more of Ron doesn't want that vet leadership? It was kind of like a 50-50 for me. Yeah, I think, I think when it came down to it that that was – the most important thing that Adrian Peterson brought was his leadership. And while that's, that's valuable, that's not, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to say that the team doesn't need that, but that's not what the team needs right now. I think the team needs to see what some of these young guys have to offer. And I think that's what Ron Rivera in the end was looking for. The thing that surprised me was just, it seemed like all camp all summer that Adrian Peterson was the first guy out there, the first running back out there. So that just, that was the part that was kind of surprising that if this was kind of the move in the end, why was he always running with the ones? Why was yeah. he always out there first? And I get he's Adrian Peterson. I get, you know, he deserves that kind of respect, but it just kind of seemed odd that he was kind of, it felt like he was set in stone to be the starter oh, to yeah. be in there week one against the Eagles. So that just kind of was a weird shift to me. So that was the only thing that caught me off guard was just how much we were hearing his name and how involved he was in the offense. But it totally makes sense. Uh, I think this team is going to be super young. I think there's going to be some growing pains. And, uh, you know, uh, to me, I, I think you got to give the job to, to the young guy and see what you got there. We know what Adrian Peterson is. And unfortunately, I don't think he's going to be a huge difference on this team. So I think Ron Rivera went with a young guy. Uh, just to kind of see what he's got in some of these running backs. And I'm excited about that. I love Adrian Peterson. I love what he brought to the team the last couple of years. I'm going to miss him, but it makes sense in the end. Yeah, I mean, to me, his best play was that 90-yard touchdown against Philly. Like, I'll never forget that. Um, that was my favorite AP moment. Um, just watching him at 
uh, Minnesota for pretty much his whole career. I loved AP. You know, I was excited when we got him. And to me, he overperformed from what I expected from AP. He was out. I think he was out. He was out for like a season or two after, you know, he bounced around a couple places. But just, just what he did for us stepped into some of the worst situations with Mark Sanchez, Josh yeah. Johnson, you know, the coaching that we had here, just all of that. Just what he put up with a Hall of Fame uh, caliber player. I mean, just kudos to the guy and it's all respect to him. But it, it really surprised me because Kaim has talked about how he doesn't think love is 100% ready. And I, I would agree with them, especially, you know, after we see what happened with Ruben. Um, like, is love going to be 100% ready? And to me, it sounds like, I mean, he's got to be pretty close to it if AP's gone because I had Peyton Barber off the squad, but now Peyton Barber stays. I mean, Ron used to see him twice a year when he was in Tampa. Got a good idea. I mean, Peyton's not terrible. I wasn't crazy about the move in the offseason, but I wasn't as down on it as a lot of people were. What do you think about Barber? Yeah, I think he's just – I don't want to say just a guy, but I think he's a just guy like that – insurance? Yeah, I think he's a guy that's played in the NFL, and like you said, Ron Rivera is somewhat familiar with him with their time in the NFC South. So – that makes sense, just a little bit of familiarity, but also a guy that uh, you know knows how to play in the NFL. So maybe that's a little bit of the the veteran leadership. You know, he's no Adrian Peterson. Don't get me wrong, but uh, maybe that's a little bit of veteran presence there. Uh, but like you said, I mean, solid back, and uh, he he knows what it takes to play on Sunday. So. Uh, it makes sense. I, I was surprised. I think uh, maybe when we talked last that I think I said Barber was out too. I felt like Bryce Love was going to make it. But like you said, it is kind of interesting with Bryce Love. It kind of sounds like he's not all the way there. But if they're only keeping four running backs, it kind of seems like all four of those guys are going to play on Sunday. So uh, you got to think that they, they feel comfortable enough to send him out there. Otherwise, you, you would think that they would have kept peterson around yeah and i think we will keep all four um come game day and i'll tell you why in a little bit when we talk about wide receivers uh but do you think we you know do pick up another running back like one that gets cut or pick someone up on waivers i I don't know maybe not right now i I feel like i don't know if you could add a fifth running back in the mix otherwise i I don't know why you wouldn't have kept adrian peterson yeah you know i don't think you're gonna find a guy uh, off the waiver wire that would be better than Adrian Peterson. So it just wouldn't make sense to me to to add unless a, a out of nowhere you know release were to happen well into this week or something like that. Yeah, hey, I, I would have loved roll with these... Yeah, that would have been that would have been interesting. <laughs> Talk uh, about another, fitting our scheme. Great day. Yeah, another weapon that could could play all over the place. But I think they're going to roll with these guys yeah. and uh, then kind of address it once we get the season started. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I thought the only way we would have, if we wouldn't have kept Barber. Um, but I, so I think, you know, with that four, I think we definitely will just roll with that. Um, so looking at one of the biggest headlines that came out today, Alex Smith making the 53. The comeback story is continuing. He's not going to IR, so he takes up a roster spot. What do you feel about that? That's Yeah, that's a little interesting. I thought maybe he would make it and then they would put him on IR, but that just kind of shows maybe he really is ready to get out there on uh, on a Sunday on a real game day. Maybe that just proves how far he really has come, and that's crazy to me. Uh, you can't 
to me, you wouldn't keep a guy if he's not able to con- come in and contribute. Yep. So, you know, I don't think Ron Rivera would keep a guy just for the story. I, I don't see him doing that. He seems like a, a no-nonsense guy. I think he would appreciate Alex Smith, but then, you know, immediately send him to IR and, you know, still appreciate him there, you know. Yeah. But I, the fact that he makes the active roster, and like you said, it doesn't sound like there are any plans to, to put him on the shelf. You know, you got to think that he, he, he'll he be available. He'll be, whether he's quarterback number two or quarterback number three, he'll he'll be out there with his jersey on, pads on, ready to play if it comes down to it. So kudos to him. The fact that he is, the fact, it just it's step by step, the fact that he was walking, the fact that he went through walkthroughs, the fact that he started practicing, like, I'm not going to doubt this guy anymore. So yeah. it's not going to surprise me if we see him out there on a Sunday. Yeah, and JP said that, you know, you don't keep a guy – active if you don't think he's gonna if if you don't think he could be like playing and he's gonna get paid anyway so like to me I was like okay Ron must think that he can play and he came out and said this afternoon if you saw um that he talked to the media he said if Alex absolutely had to play week one at Philly I would do it he could play and to me like that was huge like coming out and saying that's a bold statement so he absolutely believes that Alex could play and to me, it's just phenomenal. I mean, we talked about him being comeback player of the year, just how much he's done. I mean, you can't write a better story. And I, like I said on the DC Tweet Team podcast that I was on this week, if we're up and we're beating Philly at the end of the game, bring Alex Smith into the game in the victory formation, take the ball, kneel, and walk off the field. And that's like the best start to the season possible. Oh, um, yeah, sure, so, for sure. So and, uh, and he's a sideline coach to Haskins. If Haskins makes some mistakes, you know he's going to be talking to Scott Turner, but you know he's going to go to Alex Smith and be like, what would you have done in that play? What did I not see? Those kind of things. So he has that vet leadership and also like a side coach. Because like I said, he's getting pl- he's getting paid anyway. So. Yeah, and, and real quick, that's a great point. You know, um, you know, if he's on IR, he's not going to be down there on the field or anything. Even if he's the third quarterback, like you said, he – he can be right there, right in Dwayne's ear, right there with Scott Turner uh, or, or Ken Zampezi, right there to talk to Dwayne Haskins. You're right. It might be, you know, we might not see him un- unless it's in mop-up duty or if they absolutely need him, but I think he will kind of be a player coach this year, and that that's going to be so key for, for Dwayne Haskins. That's a great point that, you know, you put him on IR – He's got to probably stay up in the booth or out of the way or whatever. But having him out there, having him on the team, on the roster, he's right there. That, that'll be so clutch for, yeah. for Dwayne. Oh, yeah. And that's what Alex enjoys. Too. Like He wants to be involved. You know, he, he knows his role. He embraces it. And if he can have any part of this team, he will, he will take whatever role it is. So taking a look at the weapons that Haskins has to work with this year, something – that we've been talking about for a while, juggling around different um, ways that this could have gone, players that we thought were going to get cut, the wide receivers. And to me, Trey Quinn and Cam Sims getting cut, to me, I actually was surprised. I think, you know, I said last time we talked about it, I thought Isaiah Wright wasn't going to make the team, but he did make the team. But Trey Quinn, you know, playing special teams, being on the team uh, for a period of time, I figured that would give him the edge. But Isaiah Wright can play special teams too, and I think he can play some slot also. So out of the two with Trey Quinn and Cam Sims, who was my training camp MVP, (laughs) uh, which didn't make the team, which one of those two was more surprising to you? 
Um, I think that, man, that that's a tough question. I think Trey Quinn. I think just like you said, all the stuff that he can do out there uh, was kind of surprising. He could, you know, play wherever you want him uh, in the wide receiver role. Offers you a return game guy. But uh, along the lines of uh, playing the young guy, I know Isaiah Wright, he's not much younger than, than Quinn or, or uh, Sims, but this is a guy that Ron Rivera brought in. He didn't draft him, but it was one of his signees. So maybe he's going with the young guy that he brought in here. And, um, you know, good for Isaiah Wright to make it. But, yeah, I was surprised that uh, that they didn't keep six wide receivers. I thought maybe with Adrian Peterson being released that that might be a spot where they held on to either Sims or Quinn or, or Wright. However, you know, two of the, two out of the three. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was a little surprised with Quinn, and I was a little surprised that, like you said, that Isaiah Wright made it over both of them. And that's a great point. That leads me to something that Ron talked about this afternoon. Because I also thought we were going to have six. Because if you look at it, you know, Sims and I'll say – Isaiah Wright are like your two slot guys. You're not going to see AJG or Terry or Inman in the slot. Um, so, like, you have to have a backup at pretty much each spot. So, to me, it's like Terry, then you have Inman on the other side, or AGG, and then whichever one you don't have starting is, like, the other's backup. So, it's not much depth. Like, what you see is exactly what you have. So, that's something right. that JP brought up. He said, hey, like, how come you didn't go with six wide receivers? And Ron said with, with this running back core, they can play both. So he feels good that J.D. McKissick can go out in the slot if he has to run routes. Gibson can do the same thing. He said the style of play that, we, that we're going to be playing with, it allows your running backs to turn into wide receivers and take up multiple positions, which is exactly what we've been expecting You know, with the Scott Turner's offense. So to me, it just backed up everything he's been saying, and he put a lot of confidence in what he's built. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I love that, and I hope that that happens, you know, it turns out that way. But to me, that that, that leaves you thin. I still feel like it just leaves you thin, though. Like, I'm, I'm not going to yeah. doubt Ron Rivera. I get what he's saying, but I just feel like you could have had one more player, whether it was another running back or another receiver. Because then, you know, if J.D. McKissick is split out wide, that leaves you with, with three running back. I just... I don't want to overcommit some of our running backs to wide receivers too, if that makes sense. I just yeah. don't want us to be stretched too thin in one place or the other because you still got to be able to run the ball, and I still think you got to be able to run the ball through the tackle, you know, you know, up the middle and between the tackles. So I, I like the sound of that. I like versatility, but I just hope it doesn't stretch, you know, somebody too thin that, uh, you know, it's hurting us in the run game or hurting us in the passing game. Um, but I, I like that. Like, I like the versatility. I just hope it plays out the way that they're expecting it to. So if we do put someone on practice squad, um, like a Cam Sims or even Tony Brown, who we signed, um, that also got waived, just remember, we can call up two practice squad players uh, for the game to be active on game day. And I feel like the wide receiver spot would be a really good uh, position to do that with. For sure. Just because, like you said, you know, we don't have depth. Like in AGG, he did finally practice um, the last practice. I think it was, what, Friday or Wednesday, actually. Uh, but you, there's just a lot of question marks. We just signed Inman, like, what, three weeks ago. And he's probably going to start opposite of Terry. So you need some kind of backup plan. 
Um, yeah. And we've heard the name Hakeem Butler, uh, big framed wide receiver, kind of like the same size as Cam Sims, um, got cut. I think he was on the Cardinals, uh, correct yep, me if I'm yep. wrong. And he played at Iowa State. I watched him a bunch. He was so much fun to watch in college. We brought him in for a visit pre-draft um, about a year ago, actually. So do you think we should, you know, even consider bringing in someone or just, you know, like I said, kind of rely on a practice squad guy that we can call up? Yeah, this is where, whereas I don't think that they would really look at a running back. I wouldn't mind them looking at a wide receiver, uh, whether it's Akeem Butler, whether it's a guy like Muhammad Sanu, who would seems to have a lot of chemistry with uh, Dwayne Haskins. Mm-hmm. Um that this this would be where I, I I wouldn't mind them looking at somebody because like you said not a whole lot of depth and not a whole lot of experience outside of Inman. I mean Terry McLaurin was great last year, but at the end of the day he's still coming into only his second year. So I wouldn't mind a veteran uh, if they can find the right fit. Uh, I'd rather rely on a veteran than one of those practice squad guys who you don't really know enough about. So, yeah, uh, yeah wide receiver would definitely be a place that I, I would look at. Yeah, and with Sanu, I I mean, a lot of people wanted him. You know, I do like him. Not, I don't think he's like an ex-wide receiver. Like, he's not going to start opposite Terry. He's a slot guy, and he would honestly probably be behind Sims. To me, if we signed Sanu, it was replacing Quinn. So when I, when I saw that Quinn was cut – and I was like, okay, to me, like that makes room for a guy like Sanu. But I think that's where Isaiah Wright's going to fill in is uh, Quinn's spot. And like I said, maybe a running back who's going to play in that role also. Um, so, I mean, some fans were running with it like he was Randy Moss or something. No, definitely not. <laughs> but he's, he, he's, he's depth. He's not starter material. I mean, if you can't make the wide receiver core with the Patriots, who is just awful, I mean, I know they're trying to get Trevor Lawrence and all, but still you've got to give Cam some weapons. So if they felt good about him, they would have absolutely kept him. Um, So I was for it. Like I said, to me it was just depth. But Isaiah Wright, if you watch his films, he's an exciting player. What he did at Temple, I mean, he even ran some wildcat. So you never anything is on the table with this offense. When I say anything, like if Dwayne Haskins goes out and like a tight end, like it wouldn't surprise me. Like it'd be a terrible move, yeah. but you could literally do anything in this offense. Um, and we've talked about the tight ends pretty often. I felt good about this. I thought Hale was going to be the third one. I thought Sprinkle was going to get cut, but I was wrong. Hale hinges and uh, Richard Rogers cut. Um, do you think that we keep Hale Hinges on the practice squad? Because I, I really do think that we will. Yeah, I think that one makes a lot of sense. He he has experience. He knows, uh, he knows the organization. I think that one makes a whole lot of sense. And I think we talked about it last time that Jeremy Sprinkle. This is this is it, man. And so uh, I, I wouldn't mind sprinkle. that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I wouldn't mind Hale Hinges eventually replacing yeah. him anyway. So yeah, I definitely think. And just makes a, a lot of sense to keep around. Yeah, I mean, I know we'll probably draft Pat Fearmouth next year, um, and then the draft, you know, go after a top tight end. But this is to me like I was talking about with the practice squad members, like calling them up. It's going to be about so much strategy and injuries. So, say if, you know, Logan Thomas, God forbid, gets hurt or someone else gets hurt, this is where calling up these guys is going to be important. So, you know, you can protect up to four players, you know. 
like I said, I thought Ruben was going to be one of those guys, but he's done for the season. He's on the IR. So you really got to choose wisely who you want to protect and then also who you want to call up on game day. It's all going to be about injuries and even like who you're playing against, what kind of style you're going to have to use. So just something to keep in mind, even though some of these guys get cut, the practice squad's bigger this year. I think it's like 16 players or something yeah, like that. I think like that's it's pretty right. big. Yeah. It's like a uh, XFL team pretty much this year. But another one that kind of surprised me was Ross Piercebacher. Um, just never panned out. You know, he was a dynamic offensive lineman, played three different positions at Alabama, got beat out by Keith Ishmael. And that's something else to note. Every single draft pick this year made the team. It just shows you, you know, not only did, you know, our scouting team and Ron and company do a good job of drafting these players, but he feels really good about every single selection. Because if not, I mean, he just wouldn't have kept them. They would they would have got cut. And same with Isaiah Wright being the only uh, UDFA to make the team. So a lot of these young guys, what do you think about Keith? Do you think he has the potential to maybe step up and be a starter? Or how do you see the offensive line playing out? Yeah, and I, I've said several times I'm still not sure. I'm still not 100% sure who's going to start on the left side of the line. So I think Keith Ishmael could could certainly move in there, and right now he's a, a solid depth piece. Um, the one thing on the offensive line that surprised me was uh, Josh Garnett. I yeah. thought he was going to make it. I thought that since they signed him late that he would have impressed them, and it sounded like he rolled with, you know, some of the starters every now and then, but I, I guess it wasn't enough. And uh, like you said, Ron Rivera's rolling with his guys, and that, that played out with Pierce Bacher, uh not making the team. One thing um, that jumped out to me was Wes Schweitzer. I feel like we didn't hear his name one bit all summer long. And so I thought maybe he could have been a – uh, casualty of this similar to Sean Davis on the defensive side just a guy that didn't pan out was a free agent sign that didn't pan out but I guess uh, I guess he's a solid offensive lineman you never heard his name which means he wasn't doing anything wrong so yeah. sometimes uh, that's good sometimes that's bad yeah I guess it's, it, it you know sometimes they say you don't want to know the offensive linemen's names because it means they're holding and it means they're doing everything wrong so maybe that that's Wes Schweitzer maybe he was just perfectly mediocre um but I was a little surprised to see his name on there because I had almost forgotten about him. Yeah, and to me, once we, you know, it's not like we just randomly signed David Sharp. Like, we actually traded some kind of compensation. So, to me, it wouldn't have made sense to cut him. I see him as a depth piece that Ron, you know, really wants to work with. But I could have definitely seen, you know, either Garnett or Switzer. Like, you could switch those, and I I wouldn't be surprised. I kind of fig- I kind of thought Garnett would be the guy to make the team just because, you know, I feel like he has more potential, you know, being a former first-round pick. Uh, but for whatever reason, they, they think that Switzer is the uh, better option to go with. So the one thing that's really uh, concerning to me is, you know, I was, I was paying attention to Ron today. He didn't really mention anything about Sadiq Charles. I don't know if he's going to go to the IR for um, like until like week three when you can bring him back and they're active again, or what exactly is going to go on with that. So like, do you think what what do you think we should do with Sadiq? Kind of ease him back into it, or just put him active on game day? Nah, yeah, I think you got to ease him back in. It sounds like that that calf uh, injury was serious and something that's been lingering. You don't want to make it worse by just. Uh, sending him out there after not practicing regularly. So I'm cool with going slow because I think at least 
in the immediate future, he's your he's your left tackle, or at least that's the goal. And so I'm I'm all for taking it slow, letting you know, letting Jerron Christian start it off. Cornelius Lucas is available, and just taking it as slow as uh, Sadiq Charles needs it to be. Um, I, I don't want to rush him back in, but it is kind of weird. Uh, you know, he kind of seems like an IR candidate, so I'd be surprised if. Or I would not be surprised if they, they make that move uh, in the next couple of days, if that's what they want to do. But uh, either way, I don't think we're going to see much of him, at least not early on. Yeah, I think he's going to be like a mid-season kind of guy. Yeah. If Jerron Christian just starts looking terrible, you know, I think Lucas would be the next option um, early in the season if Charles isn't healthy. But if he does become available, I think Ron's like, all right, let's see what this guy has. Like that's this is really like the only way to figure out what this guy can do. Um, so I think out of all the offensive linemen, he has the most upside. I feel really good about mm-hmm. you know his potential. But like you said, you got to make sure he stays healthy. You don't want to risk anything. I mean, kind of like with Ruben Foster, when he's good, he's going to be good for you. Um, but the competition that the offensive line went against in training camp, the D line, our strongest uh, position on the team. And my guy, Smith Williams, I mentioned it on the DC Tweet Team podcast. I was like, do not be surprised if this guy makes the team because of how athletic he is. He ran like a 4-6, I think it's like a 4-6-5-4, like something crazy for an edge rusher. Um, but Ron just loves his athleticism. Uh, Sunberg loved him too, literally just called him out and said he's been one of my favorite guys at training camp. What do you think about Smith Williams making it over some of these guys like Brailford, uh, B. Orchard, some of these other pass rushers? Well, I think it, it just proves that Ron Rivera is going to keep his guys, his draft picks. Um, and that goes for Jordan Brailford and Nate Orchard wasn't a, a guy that Ron Rivera brought in. So I think he wants to go with his guys and these were his selections. So it, it makes a lot of sense and I'm excited for him and I'm really excited that he's got a a real defensive lineman number now in 96. I saw that. That's a, that's very key. Uh, you got to look good to, to play good. So I'm excited for him. Uh, you know, you, you talked about him, and I've heard little things about him, JSW. So uh, I'm excited to see what he's got. Um, I was a little surprised uh, that uh, about Brailford, if anybody. I yeah. thought that he – it sounded like he was making some strides. Yeah, he had a uh, good camp he, from what they were saying. Yeah, and, and, and he was injured last year, but um, maybe he ends up on the practice squad. Wouldn't surprise me there. So, But good for uh, James Smith-Williams. I'm excited to see what he can do. And the good thing is is that with the depth on that that position in the front uh, on the defensive line, he won't have to jump in right away. He, he can kind of ease his way in and uh, work his way in and not feel the pressure to start right away. Yeah. And like I said, he's going to get rotated in. There's going to be like some packages for him and stuff. So he's going to see some playing time. Um, but it's not like he's going like full-blown starter. And I mean, if you're a pass yeah, rusher, these are the guys you want to be around. Like you're like, oh yeah, I play with Chase Young, you know, Dron Payne, Matt Ioannidis, Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat. I mean, Ryan Kerrigan, if you've heard of him. So you have a really stout team of guys that you're learning from. Um, once again, just another guy who has a lot of upside that Ron and them drafted that they feel really good in. Um, it was a guy that I was actually pretty hyped about on the draft um, just because I saw his tapes a little bit at NC State when I was living in North Carolina. Um, so just a name to keep out for. And this one is one that I was asked about a lot, and that is our secondary. Um 
there was one that was pretty surprising to me, and that was Danny Johnson making the yeah, team. Um, yeah. But they said he had a good camp. So what do you think about Danny Johnson? Yeah, I really – I thought that – I thought Aaron Colvin was honestly going to take that Same. spot. I thought Stroman uh, sounded like he was having such a great camp. I thought he was almost a lock, and I thought it was going to come down to uh, Aaron Colvin, honestly. Uh, I didn't think Danny Johnson had any shot, uh, so that one kind of surprised me, but I'm all for it. Uh, younger guy, he's been around the team a little bit, so – I'm excited for him, and I think that 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 uh, that could pay off. Like you said, he, he ended up having a, a – it was almost like a quiet good camp. So uh, I'm excited to see what he brings to the table. But um, other than that, it wasn't a huge surprise on the, on the corner position. Yeah, I think Strowman's one of those young guys that Del Rio's going to work with and bring out the best of him. I mean, we've all, you know, especially us Virginia boys, have had hopes with Strowman. Um, and know what he's capable of and just kind of want him to take that next step like a lot of the young guys. Um, and then safeties, I kind of called it with Sean Davis getting cut. Uh, $5 million signing. I think he got like two guaranteed or something like that. So Sean Davis getting cut. You know, we talked about it. We didn't really hear his name in camp. Were you at all surprised by Davis? I I wasn't surprised based on his performance. The one thing I was a little surprised by was the fact that Ron Rivera signed him. And, and it was kind of a, not a huge name that they signed, but, you know, they didn't make a whole lot of splashes in free agency, but he was a name that was uh, recognizable. So I was a little surprised by that. And also just just kind of the, the depth there. Like Troy Apke, you know, it sounds like he's the guy. He's going to start, and uh, I'm excited to see what he brings here in, in this opportunity. But he was injured a little bit, and you know I thought maybe Sean Davis, while he wouldn't have been a starter, that they might have maneuvered it around to where he was some, at least some depth there. So I'm a little worried about the depth there. Um, if a guy like Apke were to go down, but uh, but but like you said, Sean Davis was nowhere to be found there, at least towards the end of camp. Um, so it's not a huge, huge surprise. I'm just a little a little worried if somebody goes down, what's your answer? Yeah, and to me, I think, you know, I was always kind of concerned with Davis because coming back from a back injury is pretty serious. It's hard. You can't just, you know, rest up a back. Like, there's a lot into it. That's pretty much, like, the brain of, like, your body. Um, so I was kind of concerned. You know, I didn't really know what to expect out of him. Um, but like you said, depth-wise, if Apke goes down, you know, Cameron Curl made the team someone who had the most turnovers on defense at camp, had three interceptions. Um, once again, one of those guys that they found in the seventh round that they feel like could be a really good piece for them. Um, but for me, I, I mentioned it, I think we could go out and sign a guy like Demarius Randall. But you've really got to remember that we signed Fuller. You have to remember in Kansas City, he played some safety. So like absolute worst case scenario, Jimmy Moreland steps up as your slot nickel. Fuller goes out to uh, free safety. Yeah, that's a good point. There's a lot of versatility there. And maybe that's what Ron's banking on, that he's got his 
his backup from a different position. That's a that's a great point. But we got to make sure he's healthy. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Yeah, it sounds like he hasn't been out there in a while. <laughs> yeah, I don't even like remember seeing him on the field yet. Um, so if if he is healthy, he's going to be big for us. Um, so that's something I really thought about today. I was like, well, I wonder if you know they're kind of banking on Fuller being like that last liability. But, I mean, going out and signing a guy like Randall for one mil, like, what do you have to lose? You just wasted that on Sean Davis with, like, two-plus mil. Like, would you be at all opposed to signing a somewhat vet? I mean, even though you have Curl, that, that's two free safeties you have active on game day. I'm kind of a little worried about that because you have um, Everett, who plays a lot of special teams on the other side, backing up Landon Collins. So if someone was to go down... You're looking pretty thin. So would you be at all opposed to signing a guy like uh, Demarius Randall? No, I think that that would make a whole lot of sense. And, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like he played a little corner and a little safety. I feel like he can do a little bit of everything. Not that you would want him to come in and play corner by any means, but another guy that's versatile. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind that at all. I saw you talking about that a lot, and I feel like I was kind of hoping that the that Washington would look at him, you know, when he was available. So, yeah, that makes a lot of sense if you can get him on a cheap deal. I'm I'm always for that. Uh, I feel like a one-year deal, there's nothing wrong with that. It's kind of like show me what you got, and if it doesn't work out, then you, you cut ties and you're good to go. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, th- that, wouldn't make, that would make a lot of sense and uh, be interesting to see if they do add. So, yeah, uh, I think if they were to add, it would be at wide receiver – and safety, uh, you know, if they were to sign somebody, you know, either this weekend or early in the week. Yeah, so he actually, st- I just pulled this up because I, I, I broke him down some in the uh, free agency, like in the offseason, because he was one of the guys I had on my list. Um, but he actually did start out his uh, career in Green Bay at corner. Okay, okay. Um, he had three interceptions in 2015, three in 2016, four in 2017, four in 2018. Um, and then last season, he just didn't really play much for Cleveland because they've been drafting out the wazoo um, at secondary. So he kind of got pushed to the side. Um, but he, like to me, like I'm just like, you, you kind of have to at least take a chance on the guy. Like, what do you have to lose? A million dollars. That's yeah. pretty much what the Raiders were getting him at. So to me, I, I, I would feel so much better if it's not just Abke who hasn't proven himself yet and then a guy who we just drafted in the seventh round. Um, but definitely going to be something to take a look at. But, man, Brian, we have a huge show coming up Thursday. We literally play on Sunday. I know, man. I've been I've been doing it on Twitter, counting down the days, and we are in the single digits. It's crazy that – um we're gonna be playing football next weekend it's so exciting you know the nfl starts on thursday uh, it feels like in a way like it's been so long but in a way it's kind of snuck up on me and I, i'm okay with that i'm ready yeah. for it to be here yeah i've actually really enjoyed your uh player countdown because it really makes you remember some guys you're like yeah oh yeah I've gone... i forgot arch <laughs> yeah i i I've, I've gone a couple obscure a couple of studs like you know 21 is obviously sean taylor no doubt about it but I found some some names I I didn't even remember or was like oh my gosh I forgot that guy was even here but um, yeah it's been fun to do and um, I'm excited now that we're into the single digits and almost there. 
I know. I can't wait to break it down. We're going to drop a huge episode Thursday night, potentially have a big guest coming on to talk about the matchup, give our predictions, tell you what to look out for. Um, but we're pretty much going to, I think we're going to like going throughout the season, do that consistently like a Thursday night or Friday morning, drop a preview of what to look for um, in the game. Might do a giveaway. We got the sponsor back. I might feel a little nice, you know, being week one and do a big giveaway. Oh, you're you're feeling you're feeling nice. See, I might I might go bad cop and keep it for myself. But that's nice of you. <laughs> that's really nice of you. Hey, they send me stuff all the time. It's alright. You're you're the beard of the podcast. I'm the baby face. So I just <laughs> I clean it all up. You just you just stay decorated like you. Yeah, you clean. that's right. <laughs> so I'm we'll excited. See. But yeah, I'm excited. Man, I think that's a, a great formula. I'm glad to just be talking about real matchups. You know, as much as I love breaking down the roster and are they going to add a guy i'm excited to talk about washington versus philadelphia and real football and real matchups and that'll that'll be awesome on thursday yeah this is ron's first year he finally has his his 53 set in stone like everything's out of the way now the next thing to do is just show up hit somebody and play football so I'm excited. Stay tuned for Thursday night. Like I said, we'll probably have a huge guest coming on. Going to confirm that this week. Might be doing a giveaway. You know what? All right, I'm going to do it. I don't know what it's going to be yet, but something Manscaped, I'm going to give it away. Whoever predicts the closest to the score for uh, the game against Philly, I'll go ahead and send you a package. So you can go ahead and start sending those in. I'll drop a tweet about it, but we will see y'all Thursday night. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.